I got it. Oh, cool. Yes. So, one of the things you ever hear in recovery it says self can't get out of self. Yeah, well, in the, in, it's an incredible statement because you're never, as you, you're never going to get step out of you. Yeah. As you, you're never going to step out of you. You're never going to, like in recovery it says, we're not people who have problems, we are the problem. Yeah. So the problem is never going to step out of the problem as the problem. It's impossible. It can't escape its own limitation. It's a problem, in a sense. Yeah. So it, no matter how much it polishes it, or puts a new veneer on it, or gets a new garb or a set of clothing, it's never going to step out of what it takes itself to be. It's always going to step out of that as what it's taking itself to be which is what it's in. Yeah? It's in this thing that it's taking itself to be, and therefore, if it tries to step out of it, that's what's stepping out of it, the thing it thinks it is. Yeah? So whatever it thinks it is can't leave what it's thinking it is. <laughs> it's impossible. It's stuck there. And uh, <laughs> So maybe you'll make it like, I'm going to find my authentic self. No, there's no authentic self there. It, makes, it gives all these different names, to mask the same dilemma, self can't get out of self. It's more of realizing you're not in something than to get out of it. Yeah. Because if you look at our lives, how much have you been trying to get out of, let's say, you? And how successful have you been? Yeah. A lot of people have been spending a lot of time trying to get out of themselves, and really, I don't see that many uh, success stories. For maybe a bit of time, but they seem to always revisit it, why is that? Why has there been such a failure in, in succeeding and getting out of oneself? I mean, they've got some incredible skillful means. They've got archaic, esoteric, Buddhism mixed with shamanism from 3,000 years ago. They've got Jesus Christ and other people and this and that. Why is it that it seems like no one is really, not many people are succeeding in getting out of self? Well, <laughs> well, maybe just maybe, maybe just maybe you can't be in self. Maybe just maybe that's an impossibility. So if you were trying to get out of something that you can't possibly be in, yeah, you would never seemingly succeed, would you? Yeah. And you would actually say, if you looked at it clearly, you would say trying to get out of what you can't be in is what you call being in it, really. Yeah. So your drive to get out of something that you can't be in is how you experience feeling like you're in it. Yeah. If there was a ceasing of wanting to get out, you would be confronted with, are you really in? And I guarantee you, very quickly or very slowly, it would dawn on you, there is no self. Yeah, there is no long-lasting, independent, separate entity that was born as a body and is going to die as a body. <laughs> it's just, I mean, this is just my take. You need to find out yourself, but <laughs> it's really an absurd idea. <laughs> it's an absurd idea, really. Not many other creatures on this planet are entertaining that at all, that they're a self. <laughs> it's not like myself the cat you know what I mean the cat has never even seen itself <laughs> it's never even seen itself it's just catting we give it a name it just, it wouldn't, if you asked it it would go 
So this idea, that's why I believe a lot of it's failed, because you can't get out of an imaginary place. It's impossible. Try it. <laughs> you, you have been, actually, quite a lot. Has it succeeded, really? I was a perfect devotee to drugs, I'm telling you. I would match my devotion to drugs with any spiritual devotee in the annals of spiritual history. The great ones, like Hanuman, the monkey, and I was right up there with them. I had turned everything over to that lifestyle. I would do anything to get that stuff. I would prostitute myself. I would take whatever I had and take whatever was yours to get it, and I was on it 24-7. There was no break. If that behavior was a prayer, I would have lit up all the candles of every church in the universe with that prayer, because I was living it all freaking day. And my whole intent was to transcend my head. My whole crazy idea was, if I could pull my mind to such a tautness that it would snap, I would be free from the fucking thing. Well, it didn't work. It didn't work. Because you can't transcend an imaginary place. You can't get out of something you're not in. It's impossible. <laughs> That's the beauty of the message. The whole engine, the whole modus operandi, the whole reason for seeking is based on that you're in something that's very uncomfortable and you want to get out. Yes? The whole premise, the, the eternal gas pump for seeking is this desire to leave what is uncomfortable, to leave what is unpleasant, to leave what is agitated and go to a very peaceful, calm, serene, or a very lovely, passionate, Pleasureville, or whatever, however the mind takes it, but it basically wants to get out, yeah, of what it's feeling, or or its circumstances, or its situations. And if it's not like an obvious wanting to get out, it wants to tweak it, you know. Instead of the girlfriend being five five, it wants it five ten. You know, or she, they, oh, have some, have some breast, you know, breast surgery, dear. You look so much greater, like you were telling me your, your father-in-law used to do. He'd buy these young girls and make them, uh, and then not go into it. You know, like, like a Barbie doll production. So there's always, there is this urge, yes, there's this urge to seek, yeah, to drive, to go ahead, to look around, yeah. So let's say if you meet a girl and now she becomes your girlfriend, it's like you don't even have a girlfriend, you're still searching for the perfect girl. She's just going to, you know, have you spend time with while you're searching for the other one. You know what I mean? That other one, you know, it could be called a moment. It could be called a place to live. It could be called a country, a vacation. But that moment, that moment of arrival, when I finally make it, then I'll be great. Yeah? And I'll tell you, it's a, I used to, well, I used to use this example quite a lot, but it still works for me. I'm sitting here in my little room. I'm pretty happy, I guess. Everything's cool. And I'm reading a magazine, and there's a two-page, beautiful color layout of this lovely, incredibly lovely couch. You know? And I, I look at the couch, and there's a decisive man. That's a beautiful couch. And then I notice I don't have a couch in my little one-bedroom apartment. And suddenly, I feel the pangs of couchlessness. Yeah? I was fine a second ago, but now there's this desire to have a couch. And not only that, the desire is like, <laughs> because my mind starts giving it a lot of meaning. Like, 
I bet you I'd meet a girl and come home and conceive our first child on that couch. My family would start from that couch. And on and on. And now it's getting more and more important to have a couch. And obviously, there's more and more pain by the absence of that couch. Yeah? So now I go, okay, well, I'm going to get a couch. And then I start calling my friends. I said, why didn't you tell me how great it is to have a couch? You know what I mean? I'm fucking resenting the hell out of you right now. You should have told me how great it was. And then so now I'm, I work hard and I'm working towards that couch. And I keep going back to that little... I'm getting the same color every week. Then I'm working on, and then I get it. You know, I order the couch, and they have it in stock. Not right away, like usual. <laughs> Happy, joyous, is free is never delivered. Yes, immediately, is it? It's always on a wait, you know, time plan. If you jump through this soup and you go there, then just then you'll be all right. So here I go, and finally they deliver the couch, and they bring it in. I made a nice little room for it, swept it. They put the couch down, and I'm just like in heaven, you know. I sit on the couch, and then after about five minutes of just basking in the, the approval of the, having the couch, I realize, man, this rug doesn't match the couch. I gotta get a freaking new rug. <laughs> so here, I was in this nice here, everything was fine, I was in a level of acceptance. The couch, the idea came up. And then as, as soon as the couch idea came up and was seen to be absent, there was a, a disapproval of the moment that I'm in. Yeah? There's something lacking in this moment. I actually don't want to be in this moment. I want to be in that moment when the couch is here. So now every moment on the pursuit to the couch, I'm basically going like this to that moment. No, no, no. Well, I'm waiting for that fucking couch. And everything's going to get really great. Wait for that girlfriend. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for the new job. I'm waiting for the vacation. <laughs> and then I'll open up. Oh, I'll be back. I'll be so happy in a second. No, you won't. Yeah, because what happens is that mythical there, which is used by the head to invalidate the here, which is all there is, is this here. That mythical there, yes, when you arrive suddenly becomes a here. Yeah? You find some fault in it. And now what? Your mind puts another there, there. Yeah? That there is always that there, there, but when it becomes here, it ain't that there anymore. <laughs> you want to, it's time to move on and get that there. And so what, if you really looked at a timeline, most of the time, you're living in not happiness or, or, or dissatisfaction with the hope of being satisfied at a, at a later point, yes? But when you arrive at that later point, it never translates into what you thought the arrival date would translate into, and you realize it's just another departure date, departing from the only place you can be. You can't depart from here physically, you can't depart from here energetically, but you can depart from here mentally. In the mind realm, you can leave here. In the mind realm, you can, all your interest and attention can get packed up into some thoughts about the future and the past, and your attention and interest will travel and leave the only place that life is happening. Yeah? It doesn't actually leave it because it's happening in this moment, but in that little mental moment, it excludes the moment. Yeah? So you now are in a special somewhere in the midst of everywhere, dying for the sense of everywhere, but you want to have it as a special someone. <laughs> That's the dilemma. Yes.
People are wanting, they really want to have the experience of their own absence, but they want to be there to have it. It's an impossibility. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Yeah? And it's a frustrating thing that a lot of people will not, a lot of minds will not let go of that. They stubbornly demand that they're there when everything gets good, but the reason why it doesn't seem to be getting good is because they're there. <laughs> you can't squeeze yourself into this equation of happiness, joyousness, and freedom. Once you're included, <laughs> once you have the happiness, joyousness, and freedom, it doesn't seem to be that <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks, really. The mind, it really, it, and this is it sometimes, only by a second. I was almost there. I was, I meditated to such a point, and then I disappeared. I almost was there when I disappeared. <laughs> if I could have just appeared in the disappearance of myself for a little longer, so I could get it finally. I've been reading all the books, doing the practices. Why can't I get it? <laughs> Because it's not of you. That's yeah, the dilemma. <laughs> no, I don't see it. I don't see it. You know, like any time my life changed, it had nothing to do with me. It was just grace. It was so blatant. I wasn't driven to AA by a bottom. No, I was hunkered down in a bottom. I had been living on bottoms. For a couple of years, I was getting evicted from a bottom into another bottom. That was sort of my, my hood, so to speak. I was used to being on a bottom. And I knew I was going to be in, in another institution, another jail, or death. Yet, I, so I thought, I'm just going to stay high, as high as I can until the next shit thing happens to me. Then I was just sitting in that trailer park, drinking a bottle of vodka, and then I... I was passing the bottle of vodka, and I had no thought prior to when I passed it back, and then something happened in my head, and uh, I didn't get the next pass. I didn't take the bottle back. My mind, something occurred. It stopped my mind to seeking the selfing for about a minute or two, and then all this information flooded in. And one of, the, one of the big parts of it was I'm fucked, you know? I mean, literally, I finally felt it because most of my days was avoiding or denying that feeling. Suddenly, all that denial, like only Schwarzenegger's muscles were just, they just deflated. I couldn't keep it out. And this information just dropped in and I knew I was fucking screwed on a real deep, deep level. Yeah? And then I just got up and, then, and sets of circumstances occurred that brought me to my first meeting that night. And I've been sober and clean ever since. So I got interrupted at a regular day at the office. I got called out of the <laughs> office and then I never came back. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Some other company hired me. Some headhunter. <laughs> I told him, I said, the guy's probably still waiting for me. <laughs> what? what happened to him? Because I never went back into that place. And I never went back to his trailer. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that interesting so, that the shift was before the AA meeting? That the, oh, like totally, the oh totally, totally, totally. The sh I had no idea, though, what had happened, but I knew it after the fruit started to occur because I got sober. And no one could do that. 
The state couldn't do it. My mother couldn't do it. The Lansing Street couldn't do it. Project Return couldn't do it. The police couldn't do it. Nothing was sufficient enough to stop me. You know. Yet, it got stopped. Yeah. Like that. And you would imagine if it's true this place is real, the physics, there had to be a crash and there wasn't any crash. It was like it was going like this for years and it suddenly went like that. Yeah, all the crashes happened in the, in this little trip, and then just went up like that. Yeah. So I've always relied on that grace because that's how it was revealed to me, and that's where I had the experience of surrender. And I'll tell you, I don't believe your mind is capable the way it's configured now. I'm not saying you or anyone personally, but in self-centeredness. My mind wasn't capable of ever understanding surrender. I needed to have it given to me, an experience of it, yeah? When I had that moment of clarity, there was an experience of surrender, and now I've been able to entertain surrender since then. But before, terrible things would happen that you would think would provoke a surrender moment, but I didn't know what it was, yeah? I had no idea what surrender was. None. I was that my mind couldn't even get close to what it was, especially after the fact that I've seen it now. I had no idea, so it had to be given to me. Yeah. So with that kind of premise, that's worked for me. To live on that point of I don't know to a large level, because that puts you in a position of finding out, and finding out is a much more convincing form of knowledge than knowing. See, if you know something. I'll tell you, a lot of stuff you learn intellectually and by reason really doesn't show up when you really need it the most. It doesn't. It's not applicable. It's just like a, a mental security that doesn't produce any security. Yeah, it's like buying an insurance policy, but have one accident, you see, it's a worthless policy. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything for you. But finding out goes into your gut like an unspoken yes, and then something can occur because it's like. That it doesn't leak. There's no but. If only I could have. I should, none of that. There's like an airtight case. Yeah, that it's over. Yeah. Done. Bye bye. Yeah. And then in recovery, it says the problem. You don't. We're not people who have problems. It says we are the problem. Mm -hmm. Now this is what I like to speak about because I'm in the community of recovery, and. A lot of people I watch still believe they are having a problem. Because to really be the problem, you would have to be identified as it. Yeah? In other words, there couldn't be any space between you and you. Because then it would be you having the problem, yeah? But if you are the problem, that's what identification is. You don't even know it, really. That's the dilemma. Because... If you're identified as the problem, you're taking yourself to be that, yeah? And that has its own reality, which you feel the problem has affixed itself to, yeah? Like you would get a cold. But if you could just remove the problem, you would be great, yeah? If I just removed that nagging wife, I'd be great. If I just had money, I'd be great. If I just had a really incredible amount of coke, I'd be great, yeah? But really, that's, that's the, that is the big delusion of most people in addiction. They really don't want to do anything about them. They want to do everything about you and that. Yes, They want to change things. But the fact is, the change has to happen here. Now, 
this is the dilemma. If you try to change the problem, it will morph into you again in all the forms that it will allow to change because a radical change won't happen. In other words, it will allow you to be a soberer self also. Yeah? It can wear that uniform very easily. Yeah? And, but the root of the problem will still be in place, which is, uh, please relieve me of the bondage of self. The bondage of self will still be affixed. You'll be still carrying that ball and chain because there'll be an identification as a self. It may be more polished and more subtle and nicer, but it's still the same mind is locked in that little shoebox, which you can't really entertain the possibility of okayness now, uh, a sense of freedom and peace now, because it's still of time in selfing. Yeah? So if you even have peace now, the ability to enjoy it isn't there because you're believing you may not have it later, which allows you not to sit really sit in anything, which is what happens during the day, doesn't it? When you want to stop, the mind just doesn't want to get off the ride, eh? because it's moving ahead to the next moment or two hours from now or the dinner engagement or tonight watching a movie, I got the, you know, the movie and the Agendas, whatever. It's always very, it just does it can't stop, yeah, because it's agitated. Selfing is agitated, yeah. It doesn't, so how can agitation find peace? It can't. What I find is my interest and attention is that in that agitation when I'm identified as the one who's agitated, yeah, or that which is agitated. I am not that which is agitated. Yeah? So when I entertain that, my interest and attention started to leave the selfing, and then it went somewhere else, but now that interest and attention that used to be like the glue to the bondage of self is now enriching my life. It's the same interest and attention. It's just been relieved of the bondage of self. It's now, you know, interested in others and interested in life and da-da-da, you know? And if you said point at yourself, I could go like this just as validly as say this, you know, because I don't feel located as a you know body or being a body. Yeah. So it's the interest and attention. The interest and attention has a tendency to be like a bloodhound. They have a scent. Your your mental process has given the scent, and the scent is that you're of a body. Yeah. You're an action figure, a historical figure, and it's very hard to train that bloodhound not to follow that idea. Yeah? It's going to be attending to and interested in you as a self. Yeah? But, so to try to, like, keep the self in place, but make it go out and, uh, you know, attend to a lot of other things is a very difficult chore. It's like an old dog isn't going to learn new tricks. But if you're not that, right? If you can entertain, you're not the feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. The attention and interest just may stop smothering this idea of being you and may lift and in that lifting it may find out something else about you which is you're not of thingness let's say you are of spirit you're not a body you're of spirit and now the interest of attention won't be fooled by the self in constantly indicating this phantom you but will rest in what you really are because interest and attention you can't see it it's just like spirit in a sense yeah you can't see interest or attention, can you? It's a movement of mind here. Well, I would say it's more akin to no-thingness than it is to a thing. And I definitely don't believe you and I are doing it. We're not doing interest and attention. 
<laughs> We're not. So, and I'll tell you the difference. Once it finds its home as no thingness, it never, 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 never completely falls for it again. The self thing. That's my my sense. Yeah. So now, what you would call an immunity, maybe slowly, maybe quickly, builds up from the obsession with to the obsession with self. You just because it's not about you anymore. You've lost interest in you. Yeah. And that's what the head is promoting all day, right? With all its takes and worries and concerns and memories. It's always you. It's reflecting. But if you lose interest in that you, you'll lose interest in all the mechanism that reinforces that idea. And I and then you'll find out what that interest and attention will do. I can't say because I don't know how it will go for you, but you will find out what it's like to be free from the bondage of self. Yeah. And then after maybe a period of time, you may be able, you will convey it. You may not be, be able to articulate it, but your your presence will convey it that something has happened. Yeah, because your energy will be a lot, lot different. <laughs> you won't be up that ass of self. It's like those dogs that have mange. They put on those cones. Yeah. So they won't itch. You, you won't be walking around with this like giant aluminum reflector trying to get the sunlight of yourself all day. I mean, my, no, there'll be more of a dispersal and actually like a sense of largeness in your life. You'll travel large in a way. And you know what it does? It sort of translates into being satisfied. And then you see one of the main cogs of all the seeking is dissatisfaction. So the solution is satisfaction. If there's a sense of being okay, you won't be looking to be okay later so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? You really won't. You won't think, oh, fuck it, I'm going to hunker down and be not okay with the hope I will be okay when the weekend arrives. All that fucking phony advertising you seem to be, you see right through it anymore. It's a way of not recognizing you're okay now, the hope of being okay, really greatly okay later. Yeah. <laughs> you go, no, 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 no. And then you finally arrive right where you've always been. Yeah. Your head pops out of the ass of self and you're here. You know? You're available and you're of service because you're available and you sense a presence because you are that presence. So you sense your own presence. Just like you have a sense of self, you have a sense of presence also. Yeah. You can't have the sense of presence as a sense of self. If you're not the self, you'll have a sense of presence. Yeah? What you were calling the presence was self. That's the sense you've always had, actually, is being on, which is the presence. Yeah? You called it you, which is a mental like uh, brand or a trademark put on something that it doesn't own or have or not even affiliated with. It just claimed it. Yeah? So now you're walking around and... Uh, that seeking drive, that drive, that generated eh, always is chilled. Yeah, you can actually smell the roses, like they say. You hear something, you walk by. Like today, I was took a, a hike because I'm, I'm unemployed. Really, I don't do much. <laughs> and I was walking through this on this road, on this thing, and there's these giant banana slugs. Right? You ever see mm-hmm. those things in Marin? Mm-hmm. One of the ugliest creatures alive, slimy, and, and they get longer and longer. So there's this one that when I walked by was starting on this giant trek across this dirt road. Yeah, so I was interested to see how he was doing when I came back, because I took a long walk. I came back and I was looking for him, and suddenly, right in the bush, right on, on the side of the thing, was this lizard, 
And it wasn't moving like it was frozen. I thought it was too cold because they're cold-blooded. He couldn't move. And I was right next to him. He's like... <laughs> and I said, what the hell? Is this thing like a toy? And I got totally fixed into it. I didn't want to touch him because, you know, what would you leave? Would you like a giant come over and oh, let's touch him. You'd be fucked. You'd be fucked <laughs> out. I mean, why, why do you want to do that to a lizard, you know, with that little lizard brain? So give him some space. But I'm looking at him. And he had like orange underneath his uh, pants and he had almost like monkey hands in a way. He had very five distinct fingers and he was moving like sloth-like. It must have been a salad. I don't know what the fuck was it. It was so cool. And, was, and then, then I see the banana slug also. It's in the bushes. So it made it over this. I saw three of them dead and this was one of the only ones that made it across the road. I mean, this is what you can pay attention to. Instead of, oh, I've got the I've got to be home for that show at 7. Oh, that's so much better than this incredible space. Out here. <laughs> you know, this is mine. You don't even like half the places it takes you, do you? Do you really? You go in reluctantly. It's like, you know, it's like if your mother, if when your mother was, if she was an alcoholic and she'd have to get a bottle, she'd all right, Sonny, get your jacket on. We've got to go to the store again. Fucking trudge around, gets the bottle. Back again. It was like a drag. That's what it's like. We're like in this form of slavery, yeah? You can't, something beautiful. What about? Oh, this is wonderful. What? What about Friday? Oh, this was. There's absolutely no ability just to stop. And yet, you put so much value in where you're going, but the only value is here. Yeah? We're losing all the value, and we're getting like, it's like, um, you know, a long time ago, we were on a gold standard. Then they started making a paper, which just says, hey, we owe you a dollar, you know, a dollar bill. They make it up billions of, you know, just print out. Yeah? That's what we we take a fake we get a fake currency of hope. Oh, it will be great. It will, if you don't do this, and then we just we can't. It doesn't seem like we can stop. Yeah, the pause comes. We go oh, thanks, but right move right into the conveyor belt of seeking. It's so wonderful to be dismissed from that, so you can actually be where you are, and you may find what you've been lacking is what you call you. What showed up wasn't you. When that is seen not to be so, what shows up, you could give it the name you. And it is a very satisfying event to be living as you here. Yeah? So, this is just a simple recognition. What we're relying on is unreliable. The thought system is archaic. It's fundamentally flawed because it presents you as a body. Yeah? That's how it thinks of you. It's given that body the biggest meaning it can give, that it's you, and now it fixates around that body somewhere else at some other time, and most of the day that's what we spend our time doing. The mind goes there, oh, what was happening back then? And oh, what's going to happen? Yeah? But without the little action figure doll of the body, your mind wouldn't be able to travel in its mythical past or future. It wouldn't have any fixed object to land on. Yeah? We're just removing the identification as a body. We're not even removing it. We're saying there never was. It's just an act of being identified. We have never become a body. Yeah? We could not lose our nature, which is of awareness or of mind or of consciousness, to become a body. We can only, uh, there's only an appearance of the body. Yes? In close proximity to everywhere, 
And so we've taken everywhere, which is everywhere, as something we're doing in this special location. But actually, I would say that everywhere, this is like a camera location, that everywhere is the light that moves to every camera, and you could have 8 billion camera locations, or one camera location, they all be flooded with light, because the light is everywhere. Yeah? It's everywhere. Everywhere. So it doesn't, it doesn't have, alright, once we hit the 8 billion mark, no more cameras, there's not enough light. There's light wherever we or anything else appears to be, what? Illuminated by that light. I would say, why? I would say we're more of that than what we seem to be in. And I find when the mind starts entertaining of being more than that, this seems to do a whole lot better. You travel lighter here. And that's the whole premise this thing is driven for. Every minute it's seeking is to, is to promote a traveling lighter, now, later, on and on and on and on. But it fails. It's a failed system. What would happen if you got the goods it promises, but not through that company? The loyalty is its more like nepotism. You're taking it to be you, so you keep on hoping. But fuck, it's a failed system. Yeah? If you entertain, you're not that. When you walk away, you won't even look back. The little sirens of Elysium. Oh, I need mine, but don't forget me. Let me come along now. No, no, you just walk in there. The bondage is broken, yes? Now you're freed from the bondage of self. And what's it going to be like? Find out. And then you can come back and report. Or just live the report. But there's something in all of us that will recognize freedom. It says it in the book. You will comprehend the word serenity and no peace. That's not a special uh, gift you have. We all have that ability. Yeah? You'll have a new attitude and new outlook upon life. All this stuff is going to happen without any thought or effort on your part. It'll be put, you'll be placed in the position of neutrality. It'll be like the problem never existed for you. You'll be reborn. That's an amazing set of uh, events. Yeah. Now, to really have that feeling of the problem doesn't exist for you anymore stabilizes when it doesn't exist as you anymore. Yeah. A lot of people have the experience that occasionally it doesn't exist for them, but it always reinvigorates, yeah? As them again. But if it's identification and you are not that, you will see it stabilizes as an experience. Hey, if that problem of alcoholism doesn't exist for me because it's not existing as you, because that's really its root, is the as you, not for or from you, yeah? This is like wake up. But it's not saying wake up as a self. It's saying if you're not a self, that's waking up. And you're not even, it's not even a bed, you are awake. Yeah? What do you think conscious contact is? Conscious contact, what is conscious contact demonstrating every second? That you're awake. You're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Are you doing any of that? Are you doing the seeing? If I sat here and my eye was open, whatever came by it, I'd see. It wouldn't matter if I didn't want to see it, or I've seen it before, or I don't hope I never see it again. <laughs> I would be seeing it, yeah? You're not seeing. Consciousness is seeing. Consciousness is hearing. Consciousness is feeling. Consciousness is tasting. Consciousness is touching. And cons- consciousness is seeing thoughts. 
It's sensing feelings. Yeah? That's the one that's living. We're just an, an add-on. We're like an interpretation. The mental process claims to be the one who's conscious. Yes? And from that claiming tells a story about its life. But it has nothing to do with its life. It's life. It claimed a life and made it its own. And the only way it can make life its own is by interpreting it. Not by living it. Because we are living it. Consciously. Conscious contact. That's the living of life, yes? Being engaged here. The mind is interpreting the engagement. It's not in one bit of the engagement. The mind is just yapping. It's like Howard Cosell in the booth talking about the football game. He's not taking one pass or one, you know, block. He's not doing a damn fucking thing but yapping away about the game. Yeah? Stop calling yourself Howard. <laughs> See, how's your head going during the day? Don't you, doesn't it sound like a radio station in a way? It sounds, doesn't have, doesn't, the, when the thoughts open up, don't they sound like your voice? Yeah? Does it have a feeling that it's your voice talking in your head? See, yeah, sometimes. Now, where did that voice come from? The body, yeah? Made by the vocal cords. That's what it's remembering. Why would you say they're yours? You'd have to be identified as the body to call these vocal cords yours, yeah? That's why it has that power to trance you out, because it's your voice. And that comes from identification as the body. If you're not the body, you'll hear the voice, but you won't listen to it as much. Because it won't be you, yeah? You'll be so, there's a possibility of being so clear about what's not you. You can never be clear about what's you because you are that. But you can become somewhat clear about what you're not. <laughs> yeah, you really can. And when that is, more and more space is available between you and you. <laughs> the you that's a me and the you that's an I. <laughs> I find it works. It really enlivens the whole program. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Every time I go to a meeting, I sense the conscious presence of a loving God expressing itself to us. No matter how many assholes, me included, are in the room, put together, there's like a sweet bouquet that gets produced. Sunday was really good, Sunday morning. Really tasty. It's like incredible joy to be there. Because I could just feel that presence that's that's laid its signature on so much of what I called my life, you know? Just incredible. So this master said, you know, St. Francis said, it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn, I think, in it's in dying to the self, that you're reborn. They, all of them intimate this idea. I like the idea of forgetting, because you can't die from something that you, something that isn't so can't die. But something that isn't so could be remembered, so it can be forgotten. Yeah. So I like the way of self-forgetting. That's a really nice way to go. Because as soon as you forget the self, you're now paying attention to something else. It's not like it's oblivion. It's actually living, yeah? You pay attention. The attention just doesn't stay in 
like a certain suspended animation until another you appears to be attentive to it or that it actually starts sensing let's say no thingness like spaces and rooms or like if you go into this church there's a present you know any old building you ever go into mm-hmm. there's certain energy there that's different than if you're in like a fluorescent little cramped office building yeah you start sensing the space of places you start sensing the space in between leaves instead of the leaves you start sensing the silence that surrounds a note instead of just a note and being oblivious to all the all the nothingness that's surrounding it, your mind attends to that. It's not an effort, it's just the way, well, how it works. It just goes that way. Because a whole new possibility opens up, really being here and sensing what's not here, yeah? The nothingness of here. You know what I mean? Sensing the space and the presence and the, the uh, like the touch of an angel, so to speak. And it just brings a, it brings like an enrichment because I, you know, when I was out there using, I couldn't give a shit if I opened my eyes after every shot. I was doing huge shots of coke and really the intent was I didn't want to wake up. For some, for a mind to have such a turnaround, grace must have had something to do with it because I really could give a shit about this place. I had it since I was young. I wanted to get out of here. But the here I wanted to get out of here wasn't even the here I was in. It was in this mental hell. It produces a here, uses the landscape and the scenery of this here, but it's not this here. It's a mental here. Chock full of past and future. You don't have a minute of rest in it. And I just wanted relief from that. So I thought drugs or alcohol... Not alcohol wasn't sufficient. I needed drugs. I needed a lot of juice. Yeah? And now I see people who've been sober a long time and they're never going to drink again, but they kill themselves at times because they want peace and they can't separate what's driving them crazy with themselves. Mr. Identified as them, yeah? They can't separate what's driving them crazy in themselves. If they could, they could have freedom from it. But if you're identified as it, you can't have freedom as it. This is never going to become free. Yeah? But if I'm not that, that's what happened. When I heard this message, my mind very quickly entertained, hey, if I'm not that, I could be free of it. I never, ever entertained that possibility. I was living to be free as it, you know? Or every once in a while get free from it, getting loaded, but always returning. But then I actually had the idea, if I'm not that, I can truly be free, radically free from it. There's nothing that's binding me to it except my own conditioning, my mind yapping and going off. Is the constant glue that's being applied every day. Yeah. That was incredible. Just opened up my whole program in a sense. And then when I read the book, I saw the words that I had read many, many times over had a whole different meaning. A huge amount of information downloaded when I saw the word convince and self and this and that. And I saw self as like a foreign installment, more like a parasitical tendency. Yeah? You know, like a parasite. It has it doesn't have a life, it has to get a life, yeah. It has to feed on something that has a life. And it doesn't usually put much input but a lot of extraction. Yeah. It doesn't really bring much to the table, it extracts. And I would say that's a pretty good description of alcoholism, yeah. 
It takes over and uses you to have a life. And in the living or interpreting of that life, you just hollow out. Yeah? Don't you? You just become hollowed out. Qualities you had when you were a kid, gone. You know, that life that you used to have, gone. Yeah? The parasite uses all of that as fuel to, to, to express its, its uh, to be able to manifest its expressions, man. I could not believe what rage is like when you're loaded. You know, I cannot believe how far jealousy could go when you put alcohol and some coke in there. You know, things that would just bother me a little bit up here would get amplified dramatically into actions outside when I got loaded. You know, it was like an incredible amplification, and not of all the lovely, not of all the lovely uh, side of me, but mostly the nasty, predatory, vindictive sides. Yeah, and it painted a really nasty picture over and over and over again. And if you believe you're the doer of that and you are that source, there's going to be a really deep amount of guilt and shame, which for me just fueled my wanting oblivion. Man, I was shooting drugs almost like a crucifixion. I wanted to die because of all the shit I thought I did, you know. And I could not get out of that courtroom. I was convicted. In my mind, I was fucking convicted that I had done those things, you know? And there was no way I should have. Over and over and over again. I needed all that, all those convictions to be bundled up and bring to a court of light. I needed like an annulment. I did. There was no way, because my mind went over each conviction over and over and over again. I was constantly being pulled up in front of the parole board and then being denied. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just constant activity. But then finally I got in AA and I said, it said, you're powerless over alcohol. And I got a little relief because I, I, I really got it that, you know, I would have done anything unless you could physically stop me when I was under the influence of drugs and alcohol. So I realized it had nothing to do. It wasn't personal, either to the person or from a person. It was just this mind gone wild. Yeah? And when I did my, my amends, I got more and more relief from all that. Because I realized I had nothing to do with that behavior by being accountable for it. Yeah. But not being responsible for it. Yeah. So, yeah. If you have that disease, that alcoholism, and you're misdiagnosing it, you're going to probably have it for a while longer. And I don't feel the, the true diagnosis is obsession with self is the root of the problem. I believe it's identification as self. And when I entertained it from that point of view, I've had radical relief for many, many years now. So I say I must have found, you know, I fell onto something because it worked. Yeah. Obsession with self, from where I've seen it now, is just what the mind identified as a self does to reinforce it. Yeah. If you were gluing something that was naturally not open to be glued, yeah? something else, right? Yeah? You would need to keep applying the glue like every day, every hour, yeah? To get the sense of that of a bondage. But if there was something that seemed was very difficult for something else to be glued on, so let's say your nature is of no thingness and you're trying to glue a nature of thingness on, it's not going to stick, yeah? 
so that the application of the glue has to be done like every minute. What do you think the thought system is doing right now? It takes you to be the body. Every thought it has is in relation to you as a body in this world as bodies. Yes? And yet, you're suffering from the identification as a body. So now the body wants to have a spiritual awakening or a spiritual condition, but that spiritual condition can't take hold on a body. But if you're not a body, maybe you are the spiritual condition. Maybe that's the way to go. Because that doesn't take any time. Yeah. And that doesn't need any gluing. I don't need, if you need a little reinforcement, we have three meetings a week and other people share about this, or you can get, go to church, whatever. You may need a little bit of reinforcement, but it's not a constant gluing because the thing is so. Yeah? It's in and of itself is so. What we're trying to buy from the head is total false advertising. So it has to be a constantly applied, applied, because if you, if you didn't follow your thoughts for five minutes, you'd see that you're not that. Yeah? You really, you would see it so quickly. So the plant, you know, apply, 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 apply. <laughs> well, what you and I are, are so already. We're not in an act of fulfillment. We're not in an act of completion. We're not coming from lack to find Findfulness. We are being. We are already complete in and of itself, which means there's no time in it. There's no time to become. There's just is, yeah? The mind is in time, and that's all it's attempting to do. It's trying to become or trying to be unbecome. If you believe you're a fraud, you're trying to unbecome that, and then you feel like a fraud quite a lot, yeah? If you want to see someone who's doing great, you want to try to become that. So the selfing is always in the process of trying to become or unbecome. But it never finds fulfillment because it can't be a self. It can't be a body. It's already spirit in a sense. It can't lose its nature and take this one on. It can only appear to. But it can't. So it's a frustration that I believe is the original frustration that causes all the other addictions to get relief from that original frustration. I think your mind's addicted to the idea of being a self. And it's never going to... Just like when I shot Coke, there was not one day where I finally shot my last shot and I said, that was great. I'm now totally Coke satiated. Never have to do any more Coke. And let's move on. And how can it be out of service from now on? How can I express my fulfillment to others? No. Addictions don't usually end, do they? They go on and on, or they morph into other forms of addiction. Why is that? What's a, what, what is begetting all these other incredible drives to get relief? I would say the original irritability, restlessness, and discontent, which is a mind attempting to become what it can never become. Yes? That desire to become is always unfulfilled. So it just continually desires to become and unbecome, become and unbecome, because it can never rest. Of course it's producing dissatisfaction, irritability, and restlessness. So that's why I drank and shot dope. I wanted relief from that. Yeah? And I got a little relief, but then it just compounded because it took that and used it as fuel. <laughs> yeah? So why people stop drinking and then they get into porno or something else. The mind's like a giant... It's like the Dutch boy with the dike. It's like a giant dam, a reservoir, and it's just popping out. You, can put all, you don't have enough thumbs to stop it all. It's going to leak out. Yeah? 
But if you're not that, you'll lose interest in it. Your interest will go there and you'll be like, you, it's not like changing the movie. You'll go to a whole theater, new theater. Yeah, a whole new theater. The other theater may be going on, the same old Paul does Dallas for the 800th time, may be playing, but you have no interest in going there. Stale jujubes, that's bad smell in the place too. You know, like that. You're just at this new theater, life happening. That one, life happening to Paul. Oh, very interested in it. No, fuck that. Life's happening, all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only people who go to life's happening to Paul are Pauls. <laughs> and a couple of girls who went out with Pauls to be right up, to be find out they're right about Paul. That's about it. Now everyone else going to Steve's and Bill's and Mary's and <laughs> we're all in our own little private porno theater. I should have done something different. I knew it. Everything would have worked out if I just hadn't done that. It seems always to be about you, doesn't it? Oh, if I wouldn't have done that that day, my whole life would be probably great right now. But it isn't because I did it. <laughs> oh, man. And if you don't let it in the front door, it comes in the back door. Or side door, skylight, doesn't it? It just keeps trying to hook your attention and interest. Follow me. Follow the story of me. Where? Oh, it'll end up great. Not now, but later. <laughs> I don't know. If you like an interpretation, then the mind will keep going. It gets boring, though, I find. You know? Have you ever talked to people who are telling you about how it's going with them and what's not happening? You know, they're worried about something that's not even going on. You're bored in a minute, aren't you? Why aren't you bored when your own head's doing it? Thirty years. <laughs> What's the difference? One is theirs, one is mine. It's the mind. It's the identification as. It's not the fucking thoughts. It's not the feelings. It's not the circumstances. It's the one who's having the feelings. The one who's in the circumstances. The one who's in the, having the thoughts. That's where all the meaning is. Yeah. You are the problem, as they said. It's not your thoughts, or your feelings, or your circumstances. You are the problem. You're giving it all the meaning it has. And that you that's giving it isn't even you. Yeah? So. That's that for tonight, eh? Well, any questions? And if you're in the AA, man, this just, this just turbocharged the program for me. It did. Because when I saw that word self and I realized it's not me, it changed everything. Because I did an inventory and I looked at self's expressions, not mine. And I saw by doing an interview, an inventory of its behavior, I got a sort of a picture of it from head to toe. I could recognize alcoholism. And one of the big messages that came from that was, I'm not that. And that's the freedom. Freedom is I'm not that. So, yeah, Teddy. So, um, what's the uh, subconscious? What is it? In connection with this I would say subconscious is a large, 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 large space of mind, yes? With lots and lots and lots and lots of conditionings and other things, yes? That pretty run, pretty much run the whole show of what you would call the conscious mind. 
That's the driving force. All decisions, in a sense, when they do tests on people, just a simple test about free will will have a little of a, like a clock with a, an arrow, yeah? And they have the neuroscientist with electrodes on her, and they say, stop the clock whenever you want to stop it. So she'll stop it. Sometimes she'll say she's going to stop it, and it doesn't, and so, you know what I mean? Tries to play with herself. But when they watch the, the electrodes, her brain lit up way before she ever thought she chose to stop it, yeah? So the brain, a lot of it is the subconscious, is choosing most of, not choosing, but is going with that option of behavior. The voice box, the feeling of you, claims it and says, I chose that, yeah? But it's like, it's, it comes after the scene has already begun, yeah? It's like an add-on. So I don't know, the subconscious is, obviously we're not conscious to it, but it's definitely influenced what we're conscious of. And most definitely influencing what we're conscious as if we're identified as a self. Most definitely, yeah. Yeah. We're like one, if you look at it, if when you were a baby you did not, you did not feel you were an individual. They've done a lot of research on that. And they say basically the feeling of being a self arises around 18 months, yes? And actually it's funny because the language center arises at the same time where it starts working. So language and the idea of being you are very, I'd say, connected, yeah? The language is what reinforces the sense of being you, yeah? Because it's a subjective language. I, me, my, all the time, yeah? So this thing produces, a, men a mental produ uh, process produces the sense of selfing, yeah? So when you feel, right now, if I'm feeling I'm a Paul, a historical figure, the doer of all these actions, the haver of all these things, that I was born a certain date with a certain family, I'm going to die sooner or later, that is actually starting at the end of the production of self. Yeah? So we're taking ourselves to be, we're taking this to be the beginning point, but this is about square five, because the mental process yeah, has arisen through conscious contact. The mental process goes through this process and produces the sense of being the owner or the doer, and that's what we're feeling now. That took time to produce that feeling. Yeah? To produce the sense of being a you takes time. Conscious contact isn't taking any time. Conscious contact is wham, yeah? And then the mental process claims it, takes the information that the consciousness brought in, yes, the contact, makes a story about it, and then there's a feeling that it's you, and that's where, where most of us are beginning. That's not even at the beginning. Yet, the beginning, I would say, if you want to call it that, the beginning is demonstrating every moment, which is conscious contact. But we keep saying it's me that's in contact. I don't say that, I don't believe we're that. We are that, I do believe we're that that's in contact, but not as a me. Yeah? I don't believe that this eye is seen. I believe it facilitates seeing. If this body died and you took this eye out and put it in a live body, it would probably facilitate seeing as long as that body was animated by consciousness or awareness. Yeah? But in a dead body, it ain't seen ever again, though it has the potential to see. I don't think it's the body that's seen or hearing or feeling or tasting or touching. I would say it's consciousness that's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching through a body. Yeah? 
But a mental process of the brain, which is part of the body, has this sense of being a self, which organizes everything under this idea of being you, and it does it by claiming everything. So it's claim conscious contact and saying, I'm the one that's seeing, I'm the one who's feeling, I'm the one who's tasting, but you can't even digest your own food, can you? Can you? Can you sit there right now and, all right, I'm going to... I ate that burrito at 530, a little late, but it's still there. Let's see, um, get that bean, a little more acid there, get that bean, shake it up, get it out of here faster, no. But then, all day we assume when we're walking around that we're thinking the thoughts, which is a much subtler process than digestion, yeah. Thoughts arising and being seen is a very subtle process than digesting a big chunk of meat, you know, with acids and chemicals. Yet, we we're obviously clear that we're not doing any of this activity, but we're very not clear about these activities. Yeah? <clears throat> these activities we're claiming unbelievably. I'm the thinker, I'm the feeler, yes? I'm the haver of this life, this happened to me. This is stubbornly in place. It's called self-centered, yeah? Extreme self-centeredness. How are you going to get out of the self, the effects of self-centeredness unless the self is questioned? If the center of a system is pulled out, the system will change dramatically. If you try keep trying to change the system with the center in place, it's just going to morph into the same fucking shit. I mean, how... You know, after about 30 examples, you have to see that it's going to be the same if it's the 80th example. The principle's been revealed already, yeah? It's a failed system. How much more do you, evidence do you need that it's a failed system? I mean, alcoholics are amazing. I mean, everyone, in, everyone that knows you, I'm getting St. Jude cards, you know, which is like the, the patron saint of lost souls and medals from my mother and my grandfather. <laughs> what? What are, they, what are they trying to say to me? Everyone knew I was totally fucked. <laughs> You're just unbelievably walking around. No, I got it, I got it together, man. It's going to be really good, you know. It's unbelievable. We're out to lunch. So there is a solution to problems imagined. <laughs> yeah. You'll be out of self without trying to get out of self. Which to me, trying to get out of self is being in self. So you'll stop trying to get out of self you'll realize you can't be in self, and you'll have an experience of what you would call being out of self. But it will go beyond an experience. It'll turn into a state. Yeah? You'll be living from the state of being out of self, quote-unquote. And then, hopefully, life will keep you very, very uh, busy. You won't have any time to think about why... Why, why, why is this... You know? You're fucking... <laughs> you, you're, you're just being living, you know? And it'll be more than enough. And if it isn't, you'll change something to have it more than enough. Yeah. It'll be, maybe you'll need to express a lot more. Yeah, maybe you'll need to sort of go out there flamboyantly. Who knows? Maybe you'll find some passion that you have, riding horses or surfing or something. Things will show up, music, whatever, you know? Reading books, doing that, being a great mother. These things are just forms of expression, not ways of getting anywhere but forms of expression of something that's whole and complete. Instead of trying to get fulfilled and authenticated all day, trying to accrue value, you know, all day. Hmm. What did I, did I do enough to be okay today? 
Who's the God in that situation? Oh, God, yes, me? Yes, God. Please give me a break. I worked hard. I said I needed to make 150. I only made 125, but please, a little break. Let me let me at least enjoy one hour of TV tonight, please. Half a basketball game, thank you. I mean, this thing's playing God all day. The whole program of AA is based on quit playing God. Find out what God looks like when it's being played by the mind. And then say, I'm not that, nor is that God. And then the playing of God will stop. It'll keep on trying, but it needs your juice to really make it look good. Yeah, and your juice will be removed, and you'll see it. It's phony and empty. It's full of advertising. It huffs and puffs and doesn't blow any fucking thing down. It's just an appearance. Yeah. It can look very strong at times, but given time, it'll always diminish because it doesn't have any soreness to it. It comes and goes. Yeah. So, that's that. Thank you.